Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, welcome to Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, here at the Ada Food Factory in downtown Manhattan. With me, Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. He's got this cool keyboard that he makes Hello. all the magic happen. Maybe. Um, but we've got an exciting show for you tonight, about an hour's worth of the best and most interesting electronic maker, hacker, engineer content that uh, we could cram into this one hour. That's right. Uh, it's a little bit tautological. That's okay. Uh, you got discounts. We got videos. We got products. We got 3D printed stuff. We got keeps. Yeah, we also got live stuff. So why don't we uh, kick it off? Give people some codes. Okay. On tonight's show, the code is LED ring. 10% off the native fruit store all the way up to probably midnight, but you should do it uh, sooner. We're doing some site maintenance around nine. Everything will be fine. You should still be able to place orders, but I would get it in just in case. LED ring. That's the code. 10% off anything we have in stock. We'll or talk about LED ring. Yeah. We'll talk about our Adafruit live series shows including show and tell. Thank you, Noam Pedro, who just did the show and tell. Time travel, look around, makers, hackers, artists, engineers, news, and more. Main York City factory footage, 3D printing, INMPI, new products, top secret. We're going to answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.at slash Discord. Join all 30,000 of us, almost up to 31,000. And you can hang out there before, after, anytime during the shows. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an engineer. Cool. All right. Well. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was okay, doing cool. some stuff. All right. Hello. So first up, um, let me yes. do the news. So here's our COVID news. We did. Beep, uh, beep, 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 yeah. So this is mostly for people who are uh, maybe they're at companies or maybe they're um, trying to figure out how they can plan stuff for their workforce or they're just watching the news. So there's the. Heroes Act in New York, which is a comprehensive plan that you have to have for all of your employees. We already had that done in advance. We're good. Um, and then the OSHA stuff that's happening, which is companies 100 or more, we fall into that category, need to uh, have some type of mandate. And so what we decided to do is do a survey. And we said, well, let's see where we're at no matter what. Non-binding, you know, this is just not, this isn't the final official thing. So in case you're wondering how Adafruit's doing, Adafruit is 98.851% vaccinated. Probably be 100% soon. We want to give folks uh, enough time or if there's anyone who wants to uh, put in for an exemption. I think New York, it's 80% adults. So we're getting we're doing, there. We're doing really good. Yeah. Of course, we only have adults working at Adafruit because we employ people. Yeah. And so here's my observation. Um, one about Adafruit. Yeah. Second, probably New York in general. And then um, a significant... Uh, there's enough people where I think this is a true statement. I, we're done with COVID. We just we we're just finished. We, New York just doesn't want to. Do we this. just don't want to do this we're anymore. We're New York. We, we're we're sick of it. We don't want to do this anymore. It's uh, it's definitely got that like Jewish grandmother like we're done with it. We yeah. ain't doing this no more. We don't want to do this anymore. And uh, this is what the team, you know, our team at Adafruit. This is what they're saying. They're like, we're done with this. Yeah. So, um, I will also say, as far as like close calls or scares or. Um, someone testing positive, even if they were vaccinated, or the list of things that we've all been dealing with for the 18 months. Uh, basically, after, I'd say a few months after the vaccinations became available, that's when we had a drop-off from anybody even testing positive or uh, quarantining because they were exposed. I don't think we to, had any breakthrough infection. I think there's people who they were around others, but they were they vaccinated. Nev they never tested positive. Yeah. But, but basically, we're at zero uh test positive and zero that have been quarantining for uh, at least the last a couple months. Uh, yeah, we're up to, I think, week 12 without yeah. anything at all. 
So um, this is New York City. We got hit first and worse. Um, you know the amount of people of is in New York City. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Adafruit is like 100-ish people. So this, I hope, is helpful for someone. We're just going to you know, keep doing this until uh, it's over. But as far as when it'll be over, this is the first time I felt like, oh, this is going to end. And it's not because of any specific thing other than we're ending it. It, it is yeah, up to the, the individual, the city, and, and our individuals want to end it. I think, you know, the, the city, a lot of people were kind of shocked at how intense uh, the city's response to um, the vaccination number. You know, we had 70-60% vaccinated, and the city basically started putting in mandates. And I think a lot of people, including me, like I was in the meeting where they were like, we're announcing this, we're not asking for advice, we're just we're letting you know. And I think it was shocking, but... Um, I think that the, 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 you know, what the medical advisor said was, if we don't do the mandate now, um, we're going to be heading into the winter with too high positivity, not high enough vaccination, variants that are, are very, um, uh, you know, they pass around very easily and they're much more infectious. And we have to, this is why we're doing it so fast now. I mean, like it's only been a month since the, the mandate for indoor dining and you know, gyms and stuff. And I have to say, I think it's, I think it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, no. it, it's, it's sucks. It's tough, but I see their point. I mean, it's, it would be horrible if, you know, as the winter's coming in, people are not going to eat indoors. They're going to, they're not going to eat outdoors. They're going to want to eat indoors and they're going to be crowded together and people are going to be inside yeah. and, you know, windows closed. And I think we just, the city was like, we're not doing this for a third time. Two is wow. enough. So, um, you know, I'm hoping this is inf information that's useful to someone. Um, we're a company in New York City, and we're getting through this, and uh, we're coming out ahead, and it's because our team is vaccinated. So that's our that's COVID that. news of the week. So okay. back, to, uh, back to the show. Okay. Um, we're doing free stuff, but we removed one item. We did. We ran out of Circuit Playground Expresses temporarily. Uh, we will be getting more. It's just the, the timing for the shipment. And, of course, everyone knows there's um, component shortages and component delays. And so we're still doing $99 or more pro proto, $149 or more uh, free stomach QT board. If you make an account, we'll send you a different one each time because we can track it. And uh, $199 free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Circuit Playground Expresses are on pause for a couple weeks. Uh, as soon as the, we get them back, we will re-add them in, but we, we literally just don't have them in stock right now. Okay. We do a bunch of live shows. Uh, we just finished up Show & Tell. Thank you, Noah Pedro. Thank for, you. Uh, we had a bunch of guests and more. Do check it out on our various media channels. A lot of people watch it on YouTube. You can check yep. it out on youtube.com slash Adafruit. On Sundays, we do Desk of Lady Ada. Yes. And... Uh, this week's part one was okay so this week i think i talked about oh i uh was revising some more boards i'm doing the led backpacks i'm kind of working backwards doing the the oldest products last and also um i'm doing a couple of microphone projects and so i was like man i really want to have a microphone on a stemma cable so i designed a little breakout um for that as well so it's me showing the the stemma breakout with both uh, mems mic and electret mic and speaking of MEMS microphones, that's what the um, great search was about. Yeah, we had a great search. We do this every single week with DigiKey, and this is Lady Ada using her powers of engineering to help you find all things on DigiKey's site. 
Yes, uh, and this week, um, because I was designing this mem, see the thing that's, uh, that's great about the great search is I just actually just keep track of what I'm doing all week because I'm constantly searching on DigiKey, and then um, whatever I ended up searching for, I will present it. So this week, yeah. um, because I was designing that mem's microphone, uh, the mem's microphone that I tend to use actually uh, went um, NRND, not recommended for new designs. Even they have a ton in stock, so I showed how to find a good equivalent. Um, almost the same physical size and definitely the same pinout, so I think it actually might just drop in work. Um, it would make, make the pads a little bit bigger and it, it might even just solder into place. Um, so we talked about that. Also showed some really cool uh, bat detector microphones. You want to de detect some bats? Um, you yeah. can do that, 80 kilohertz, ultrasonic Bats have been getting stuff. a bad rap over the last couple of years lately. Yeah. All right, uh, next up. So we do JP's product pick of the week where we broadcast live from the product page. This one is the most popular one ever. Yeah, all yeah. right, take it away, JP. The Neo Trellis. It's gonna run through all of the pixels as purple, then it brings them back on as yellow. And now in order to press the buttons, these are copper contacts that need to be bridged together using the uh, carbon infused rubber that's at the end of each of these little silicone pads. Now you can see when I press one, I just have it turning red while it's pressed and I have it turning blue when I release. 128 button monome grid. So this is a set of eight of the Neo Trellis boards connected. Fruit Neo Trellis. All right, and tomorrow's jo uh, Jump Park's workshop, and on JP's workshop we have the Circuit Python Parsec segment. So we're going to play this week's highlight now, and you can tune in tomorrow for the next installment. What I wanted to talk about today in the Circuit Python Parsec is something called CircUp, which is the CircuitPython updater. What this allows you to do is from this terminal command line, install or update libraries on your CircuitPython device. So I have this little CutiePie plugged in right now. It's a CutiePie RP2040, and I don't have any libraries on it. In fact, if I head here and list what's on that drive uh, in the library folder, you'll see there's nothing. If I want to, let's say, install the Adafruit debouncer, I like to use that. Rather than going and downloading a zip file with the latest bundle and dragging files over, I can just do this. I can type in circup install Adafruit debouncer. This then goes and grabs the appropriate latest version of the library based on the version of CircuitPython you have installed. You can see it said, found device at volume CircuitPy running CircuitPython 7.0.0 release candidate two. And then it grabbed the appropriate library and pulled that in. In fact, it even does some things with dependencies. Some libraries require other libraries and it'll grab those for you if they're not already there. So now if we repeat the uh, directory listing, you'll see I have Adafruit Debouncer installed right there. You can also do things like update them. So if you've updated uh, the version of CircuitPython or there's a newer version of the library, you can do circup update and it'll go and grab any updated ones. And you can even uh, uninstall from here. So I've done this earlier, I can just grab that command, circup uninstall Adafruit Debouncer. 
it's going to pull that right off. And now when I list the directory, it's gone. The reason I love this is for some devices, particularly uh, memory constrained ones like a Trinket or a Gemma or a Cutie Pie M0, you don't want to use the Finder or another uh, graphical interface to drag files on, particularly on Mac, because you end up with a bunch of bloated, crufty files on there. That's a pain in the neck to go and grab things and copy them. This instead sort of does it all for you, not grabbing it locally, but grabbing it off of our GitHub and brings that uh, library right onto the board. And so that is how you can use Circup to update and install the libraries on your CircuitPython device. And that is your CircuitPython Parsec. All right, and then on Fridays at 2 p.m., Deep Dive with Scott. Scott's in the middle of doing this uh, really cool thing with uh, CircuitPython <laughs> yeah, and Raspberry Pi. He's so. definitely on a quest, as I like to say. Uh, he's, he's trying to port CircuitPython to the raw, bare metal Raspberry Pi A8 chip, which is um, pretty cool, very exciting. And um, I was we were talking today in the meeting, it has a lot of exotic yaks to shave. I mean, like, there's the everyday yaks you have to shave, like upgrading your kernel or you know, installing the right version of GCC. He's like, oh shoot, I have to enable the MMU so I can do aligned, unaligned memory reads. Um, yeah. Circuit Python with HDMI out, HDMI out is just a cool thing. Yeah, it's, it's cool. By the way, it's cool. Okay. All right, so tune into that on Friday. All right, time travel. Let's take a look around the world of hackers, makers, artists, engineers, news that we have to uh, get out there. So we have only 70 openings left for Adabox. We will um, run out for sure. And yeah. we're shipping soon, we're shipping, which means yeah. we're going to close we're up soon. We're shipping in October, and we only have 70 slots out of thousands that go out, and uh, we won't be able to ship more. There is a uh, physical limitation, much like the speed of light um, in this universe, and so we, can, we know exactly how many we have. We know how much time it takes, and we know that it has to get to people, and we yeah. also know things take a little bit longer than they used to. So um, if you're on the fence, please do it, adabox.com. You can also go to adafruit.com slash adabox, and then we'll be shipping out soon. All right, uh, last week we had a really fun video with Phil B, and it was about some TI calculators, but this week it's about programmer calculators, and at the very end there's a special circuit Python treat. Yes. I showed some neat old calculators last week. Let's focus on this one, the TI Programmer Calculator from 1980. Notice it's a programmer calculator, not a programmable calculator. It's a calculator for programmers. It has some bitwise operations and then conversions between decimal, hexadecimal, and octal numbers. But if you have a whole computer, what does a programmer need with a calculator? Well, 1980 was a different world. Any computer you could afford for yourself would be single-tasking. You couldn't just whip up a prompt in the middle of something else to check your math. Or you might be on some hulking beast where the time is so valuable they're not going to let you just poke around on keys until it works. So a lot of code was planned ahead of time, on paper, and perhaps a calculator. Graphics, too. I love to see the classic video game sketchbooks. So, I'm excited for this modern reversal, that you can now get a calculator with the whole CircuitPython language built in. How cool is that? Alright, next up, every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, unless Colin takes day off, uh, we have a Colin Lab Note video. Uh, this week's, uh, I'm picking the one from Monday. Yeah, you pick one. You pick one. I picked one from Monday. This is the programmer one? Yeah, I think so. That's a good, good one.
in-system programming, aka in-circuit serial programming, allows modern microcontrollers to receive their initial firmware and future updates without leaving the comfort of their PCB. For example, this Arduino uses a 6-pin AVR-ISP interface, but you'll also find a 10-pin version used on older boards. And PIC chips will use a 5-pin programming header. Beyond ISP, you'll also run into JTAG connectors. These can be used to test onboard hardware and ensure the PCB's internal connections are sound. The actual connectors used for JTAG vary, but the most popular version used with ARM chips is called SWD, which uses a 0.05-inch pitch, 10-pin shrouded header. To use it, we recommend a J-Link Mini, which supports just about every ARM chip made, so you don't need a new programmer for chip. All right, it's time for Python on Hardware News. Yeah, I'm wearing my shirt to celebrate. That's right. And there's a lot to celebrate. There because, is a lot to celebrate. Yeah, we are now up to... Seven! Version seven. So this is some Official highlights. Release. Yeah, this is the highlights. Confetti! Yeah, this is the highlights from our um, newsletter. About 9,000 people who subscribe, and this is... Uh, Over 9,000. We make it difficult to subscribe, I think, because yes. we don't spam and we don't harvest hey. emails. It's a separate website. So you go to adafruitdaily. Go to adafruitdaily.com. Yep. And then you um you you can you don't even need to subscribe if you want. You can look at the the, the yeah. topics. Um, but all you do is go to Adafruit Daily and then you know click Python for microcontrollers. But what we do is we uh, also have all of them online. So you I can like see this. them. I actually to be honest, I don't read it within my mail client. <clears throat> I read it in the browser. Oh yeah? Yeah. I read it in GitHub. That's, cool. have it on That's true. That's, you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, CircuitPython 7 is available. Uh, we went over some of the things that it has in it. Um, but I would say the, the biggest feature that maybe folks should check out a lot of stuff. The, okay. The so, S2 stuff? I, I um, ESP32 S2 support, more, better support. Yeah. We do have um, the Bluetooth workflow stuff, which is there, but we haven't really published about it. Of course, keypad is a big thing. Um, as the logo implies, we've caught up to um, MicroPython Yeah, 1. this was 1. like 6, the great merge. Which was a big deal. That took like a month. So we, we merged all the way up, and now we're keeping up. So I think that they just released 117. So we'll update to that. Um, RP2040 yeah. support, of course. You know, we did a, a few small breaking changes to PWM. Um, but like a lot of work actually went into it. Lots and lots and lots of work went into 7. And... No. Um, I'm really excited by all of it, and I'm also excited to, to you know, we're basically, we're going to do 7.1, you know, we always do a little bit, 0.1, maybe 0.2, but we will be basically going um, next up to 8. 8 is probably going to be... Um, it's going to be an 8. There's no one, this has not been made public. Yeah, I make, I decide, people are like, what is in the versions? I actually kind of decide. Do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't know if you knew who was in charge of this project. Ah. I mean, Scott's the lead, but I, yeah. I, I, I give. Well, we always, we always kind of. I'm I the think, muse. I, I hope. think we come together and we're just like, what would, what are the things that could be the, the best for the community, and where the, where is the community going, and where can we go together? I, yeah, I don't look. I'm never going to like pick something that doesn't make sense. But you yeah. know, I feel like CircuitPython is mature enough that I actually want to go back and um, add, um, you know asynchronous slash threading slash interrupt, you know, some combination of the two. I don't know if it's going to be all three, but some combo of that. So interrupts? That yeah, maybe have some sort of interrupt support. Which is actually, yeah. you know, it's funny. Jepler added a PR to add time steps to keypad um, events. And a keypad, a, a vector keypad is basically a list of interrupts. So you, you actually could 
you, you do have interrupt support in a sense of you can have asynchronous logging of, of, of pin triggers if you wanted to. And of course we have sleep support that we added in six um, for our, our sleepy time release. But I think it's, you know, we're gonna, we do have async IO actually in um, CircuitPython, but we haven't yeah. really played with it. And we also want to make it a little more C Python compatible. So definitely the first thing we're gonna do is, is get, I was also kind of waiting, cause I know, you know, in the, la the few years that we've been doing CircuitPython, C Python, you know, mainline Python has also been kind of noodling with, you know, threading and asynchronous and interrupting. And I wanted to kind of see if they ended up making any decisions um, because of course we'd like to be C Python compatible as possible, but they really have settled on async IO. Is it the best possible way to do it? It doesn't matter. Chicken or fish, this is what you got. You can't have steak, okay? <laughs> we have chicken or fish. And so um, given that, you know, I think having async IO and, and seeing how to integrate that with the, you know, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth stuff, because we do, we do have asynchronous things happening in CircuitPython. Um, you know, a lot of times the people, the things that people want to do, I'm like, well, we kind of have that actually. It's the, the wave playback, the display IO stuff, um, the USB stuff. Um, you know, I2S is all done asynchronously. We have actually a lot of DMA stuff going on behind the scenes, um, but giving more access to that and doing it in a way that does what people expect. Because I think people are like, oh, you don't have interrupts and MicroPython has interrupts. But if you actually use interrupts in MicroPython, they don't work the way you think they do. They, they work differently. And I think um, we've chatted in, in the team about how can we implement interrupt management in a way that does what people want because Python is different than Arduino and bare metal programming. It's, it, you, you're not, you can't just use the interrupt vector, right? We're, do, we're doing something different because um, the interrupt vector is used by the runtime and you're in a runtime. It's, it's, it's having context, where is the interrupt coming from? Is non, it's really non-trivial, which is why we're waiting till eight. But I think we're gonna look at it in depth and we're gonna see what we can do. Okay. Um, and then uh, we had a special video mm. that Jeff put together. Yeah. So you want to talk about this before I play it? Oh, yeah. We're also doing, um, you know, a couple little things like, um, you know, ESP32S2 can do parallel display support. And I was like, oh, you know, let's let's do that. I kind of want to do a Pi portal with the ESP32S2. So, yeah, let's show this video. Jeffler finally got this working. Yeah. All right. Jeffler here, showing CircuitPython using the parallel bus to drive an external display. CircuitPython 7 supports the parallel display bus on several microcontrollers, including the ESP32-S2 from Espressive. In a pull request I'm working on, we'll make the ESP32-S2 even faster and more flexible. Here I'm showing just how fast my work-in-progress code is at refreshing the text console. Depending on the display, you may be able to connect to it using I2C, SPI, or a parallel bus. Because a parallel bus transmits multiple bits at a time, it can be faster than the other two, but it uses a lot more microcontroller pins. If you have a Pi portal and have ever wondered why the display refreshes so much more quickly than on some other boards with CircuitPython, this is why. And that's our Python on hardware news this week. Blinka, blinka, blinka. Special previews too, that's, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, if y'all have any ideas, uh, suggestions for the interrupt stuff, projects that you wanna do with interrupts or concurrency or async IO, there's a thread on the uh, CircuitPython issues that you can you can post in um, with ideas. We're trying to collect what people want to do because again, it's it's interrupts and concurrency in a scripting language do not work the same as a compiled language. It's different. Okay, it's not going to be the same thing. Um, and uh, we have a lot of very skilled computer scientists all thinking about this. Yeah. Next up, all right. Um, 
it's open source hardware time. We're an open source hardware company. Uh, October is open hardware month. I don't think I'm going to be able to do a post a day like I've tried to do in the past for open hardware we can do maybe a couple. month, but I think I'm going to try to do something. I'm going to invite some of the folks from uh, Oshawa and Open Hardware Summit to show and tell us. Maybe they can talk about stuff. Um, but check out ohm.oshawa.org. Uh, in addition to uh, us being an open source hardware company, we publish lots of guides, lot lots of, guides. of software. Guides so we have you. 2,542 yeah. guides. Okay. Lady Ada, what do are the guides this week you want to talk okay, about? Okay, turn your mail, Scaladra. You want, you want to see this bigger? Just a little, 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 okay. little bit bigger. Okay, good, okay. Yeah, that, uh, okay. that's from last week. You know, yeah, I know. Well, well, but it was a good guide. Dylan uh, wrote a guide about UART communication between two circuit Python boards, and we wrote a little script, because it's very common. People like, I want to send UART data between two devices. Uh, Carter wrote an amazing starter guide on how to scan and detect I2C addresses, and uh, like my favorite dish at that Thai restaurant, duck three ways. He does it three ways, Arduino, CircuitPython, and Linux, um, embedded Linux, like a Raspberry Pi, because there's, a, there's three different ways uh, in which you want to scan for I2C addresses, but it is so handy. A lot of times people don't realize that, you know, if you can't scan the address, the device isn't there. Um, so he goes over it and some tips and hints. Uh, so check it out. Um, we're going to definitely be uh, linking a lot of people to this guide because they're like, how do I detect my STEMIQT board? Go here, do this, uh, it'll, it'll get you started. Uh, we also updated the uh, NeoPixelate Feather Wing and Library. We now have RP2040 support. I did PR for that last week. Um, and if you have an RP2040 and you want to uh, drive eight NeoPixel strands in Arduino, our NeoPixelate Library, which we wrote for the SAMD51 and SAMD21, now supports the RP2040, uses PIO. It's amazing, it's so fast. Uh, love the RP2040 chip. Uh, PyLeap, uh, it's a weird thing. We're going to talk more about PyLeap later, but uh, that guide got updated. Do the next you want to go to the next one? Yeah, I do the thing that you do. Click yeah, let's go to the next set. Okay. Um, Carter also did another guide, a very common thing. People are like, how do I download PCB files for Adafruit products or open source? I want to use them. It's open source hardware month next week. We do open source hardware. Download these files. Uh, you can use them, remix them. Uh, you can extract our... Um, uh, footprints uh, and 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 do that very well uh, from within the board files. Carter shows you how to do it all. Nice work, Carter. Uh, Nan Pedro did a project, 3D printing project this week. They made a 3D printed frame for our LED uh, glasses frame panel, uh, where you attach a feather, so you can pick any feather you want: Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, RP2040, whatever you like. Um, Melissa did a guide specifically for our 2.9 inch e-ink display breakouts and feather wings. We have so many e-ink displays that it's like having one guide for all of them just got a little bit unwieldy. We're splitting them apart. I think we did 1.5, 2.1, and now the 2.9s, which we have flexible and tricolor and feather wing. And then Katni did a guide for our IS31 FL3741 uh, breakout board, a little 13 by 9 RGB matrix display with Arduino, CircuitPython, and Python code. Uh, such a cute little display. Thank you, Katni, for writing up that guide. Okay, um, let's do some main New York City factory footage.
and it wouldn't be New York City factory footage without a view outside. So well, it's take, a really nice taking view. A, taking a week off from uh, Disney headquarters. Yeah, they've got they got enough. They got, a, they got enough. Uh, this is nice. You can see the Freedom Tower. Yeah, That's that right down there, right? Yeah, they got enough. Is that the? Uh, Disney's got enough of my attention this week. I know. Okay, 3D printing. I mean, we're probably going to try to watch What If later, but anyways. Um, speaking of What If, What If? What If? <laughs> what If there was a 3D printed speed up of something from the Marvel Universe? Well, wait no longer. <laughs> Yeah, I screwed up. So okay, okay. Well, it was good. Okay, we have to. It's time for. No, you have to do us. Please stand by because you have to. <laughs> yeah, under attack. All right, Phil, you have to apologize. Not again. <laughs> so I, I actually, so I was confused because we're probably gonna watch. What if we've been doing speed ups in the Marvel universe? I glanced over and I forgot that it's not, um, Thanos's daughter. I forgot her name, and that was the I think Nebula. The, the Nebula. She's the yeah. robot. Yeah, it's uh, it's Ghost in the Shell. Which I don't know if it's owned by Disney or not, but here's Phil, the thing. Phil, you're already trending but, on but Twitter. Here's the Everyone thing. is like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> if Disney doesn't own it, they will they eventually. They probably will. <laughs> they will eventually. <laughs> okay. okay. I think that's a safe bet. Anyways, um, 3D Hangouts every single Wednesday at 11 a.m. Check it out. No, I'm Pedro. We'll show you how to make all this stuff and more. Okay, lady, are you ready? It's right. It's time for an MPI. MPI. Right. This week's Ion MPI is Broadcom. Yes. Lady Ada, what is this week's Ion MPI? Well, interesting because you know I don't we haven't actually covered a Broadcom product, so I'm very happy that we're we're finally doing it. Broadcom, you know, you you see their logo and you, of course you hear from them. They they make Wi-Fi chips and of course they make the Raspberry Pi chip and 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 many other uh, popular things. Your chance of your router, your computer has Broadcom uh, wireless communications devices, but they also um, make other stuff, and I think. Uh, I think they merged with another company, and they, they have optoelectronics as well. Um, so this week, we're actually going to be talking about UV LEDs. So uh, this product is, I want to get the part number correct. It's the AUV3-SQ32-0RT0K. It's a 3.5 by 3.5 millimeter UV LED with a nice lens. These are really luxurious UV LEDs. Um, uh, their surface mount, um, they're extremely powerful. Uh, I think they do up to like 300, sorry, 700 milliamps uh, current through them if you heat sink them properly. Um, used for a lot of purposes. Um, but, you know, one of the cool things is that, um, you know, you can buy low cost UV LEDs, but these are really, really nice ones. Um, and they are a great replacement for uh, CCFL bulbs, as we'll talk about. So, UV LEDs, as you can expect, um, Maybe you remember from grade school or high school, there's the visible spectrum that, that you know, uh, from violet, 
up to so red, you know, violet from the bottom and, and red to the top here. Um, the longer wavelength is red and the shorter wavelength is violet and then you see the rainbow. And then, you know, beyond that is the infrared, um, lower power, lower, uh, wider wavelength and UV, uh, you know, higher power, shorter wavelength that goes above. And you see the UV spectrum is actually quite large. Um, so that's something to watch for. UV is, it's not like when we say red or yellow or green or violet, we're, we're talking about a very small sliver of the visual, visible spectrum. Talk about UV, it's actually like a, a full range. It's quite wide. So um, one of the things we'll talk about is the, the nanometer wavelength and how you want to uh, keep track of that. Um, you know, the, the UV wavelength, oh, do you mind uh, you want to uh, see it Yeah, because I'm going to read the text. Thank you so much. Um, so UV is uh, divided up into um, subsections, uh, UVA, UVB, UVC. Um, there are different ones that are used for, you know, like you see UVC is germicidal, um, and uh, there are some that are better. Different wavelengths are, different, are better for different purposes, uh, which we found out when we were actually researching for uh, you know, at the beginning of the, the COVID pandemic, people were using UV to sterilize surfaces, but we were also looking at like, what does it take to cure um, epoxies? And you actually can't mix and match them. You do have to really have the, the frequency tuned, which is one of the cool things about um, the uh, Broadcom LEDs is you can get them in different bins. Traditionally, what people use are, um, and historically, you probably remember the black light bulbs. Watch out, black light bulbs are actually different than UV bulbs. Um, these I think are, I think, black light bulbs. They have a purple effect and they make, you know, white things glow and, and they make things fluoresce, but they're not necessarily good for curing or uh, germicidal or medical uses. So, uh, you know, still a lot of people have used um, fluorescent bulbs to create UV lamps, uh, sorry, UV lamps in, in the fluorescent format to um, create that wavelength of light. You can see um, on DigiKey they actually carry small bulbs. Um, that, uh, you know, you have to drive with the ballast and they're not really easy to use. Um, but this is historically how you would get um, UV light. And you still see this, you know, I see disinfecting bulbs or if you go into a, um, a, uh, a restaurant, you'll see, you know, there's a you know, bug zapper or, or a sterilizing lamps are often still UV fluorescence. But if you're an electrical engineer and you want to add a UV LED for curing properties or, or germicidal properties or, you know, whatever purpose, these UV bulbs are, um, they're delicate, they break easily because they're glass. And so, especially something portable, um, they're large, you have to have a lot of circuitry to support them, you have to protect them. And of course, the light is going in every which direction, so they're not focused. Um, and for a lot of curing, proper, uh, curing purposes, you want to make sure that you're only emitting UV light on the thing that you need to because UV light, you don't want it to go into people's eyes and you don't necessarily even want to have it on people's skin for a very long time. Um, and so that's one of the things about these, uh, you know, UV bulbs is um, they, you know, sometimes they have a wide spectrum, sometimes a narrow one, but they definitely have a, a wide um, uh, physical, um, you know, the, the light is spreading physically throughout a wide space and you have to have a reflector to reflect the back of the bulb out. Something you don't have to deal with, with uh, you don't have to deal with when you're using UV LEDs. So, uh, you know, UV LEDs are quite popular. You have seen, we did projects with them. Uh, here's a project um, where uh, we made a, you know, if you get your manicure done and use gel, um, you're probably familiar with these LED bulb um, or sometimes fluorescent bulb um, curing devices. You put your hand underneath it and it cures the shellac very quickly and it's very hard. Um, UV, I was reading about it. It's actually one of the few light 
it's, it's like kind of the last light frequency that can affect chemical bonds, which is why uh, you see it so much. Recently, we actually used it with uh, UV resin to make keycaps because we're doing a lot of keycap projects. Um, UV curing for resin is amazing. It's, it's extremely fast. The resin, uh, as long as it's clear and the light can get all the way through, um, you can cure in a couple seconds or a minute. Um, and it's very strong uh, and uh, you know, turns this liquid into a solid almost instantly. And then historically, you know, I was actually thinking about when was the first time I used a UV lamp if you're doing photolithography, um, making silk screens, or in this case, I was making a PCB, as you see in the beginning of this ancient tutorial now, um, 15 plus years old, I was using a, a 15 watt UV uh, fluorescent bulb. Of course, now I would use a, a UV LED lamp instead because I would get much better focused light. Um, and um, a lot of this is, is possible because of the, you know, the five, millimeter UV bulb that we've been, you know, using a lot of, and we, ha we have these in the store. The thing about these bulbs, though, is they're not binned. Um, you know, when you get them, you, you know, they kind of have a, a rating, but often that rating isn't specific. You don't really know what you're getting, and you don't necessarily want to get, you don't have to test each one to make sure that it's emitting in, in that frequency you need, because again, depending on whether you're doing curing or medical, you're going to have different um, wavelengths that you need. So the nice thing about these uh, Broadcom UV LEDs is they're fully binned. Like when you buy them, you are going to get the frequency you want and they're available in uh, three different bins, 365, 385, and 395. Um, and then, you know, there's a selector guide. You also have different viewing angles and, and you know, there's specifications. So, you know, if, if you're making a real product, use these. Do not use those through-hole LEDs. Those through-hole LEDs are great for, you know, if you're making uh, gel, manicure curing devices and that's fine because it doesn't matter but um, you know if you're if you're using these UV LEDs for a, a proper purpose in a, in a device um, I would really recommend getting binned LEDs and I tell people that they're more expensive but you know what you're gonna get uh, and they're reliable um, there's also uh, radiant flux bins and forward voltage bins and color bins and, and if you're doing optoelectronics you know you're familiar with this you can get even more specific about uh, getting exactly the wavelength you want so you have uh, the highest efficiency possible. So the good news is these are in stock. Yeah, well, there was 997 when I took the screenshot. Yes, there could be less. Happen. So these come in tape and reel. Um, you'll probably want to use a heat-synced aluminum PCB with these. They do get quite hot. Um, we don't have a video, but I do have a demo. Want to do a live demo? Yeah, I can do a live demo. Okay. So... Um, Okay, so here is my UV LED, and as, as you can see here, it's quite, it's quite bright. I have it just uh, soldered onto a, uh, two wires, and uh, you can see another nice thing about these compared to uh, CCFL or even a 5mm is how precise the, the point is, and it's very even. Um, so I've got some UV resin here. I was using this to do keycap stuff, and you can see I did a couple tests earlier. Okay, so you're going to... But you put a little bit of here, and it's liquid. Okay, okay. yeah. So you can, it's liquid. We agree. And then uh, you shine a UV LED on top. You can see the, the liquid, liquid. Okay, shine the UV LED. Yeah. Be entertaining for a few minutes, maybe. I don't know. Well, do, 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 so do, do, do. someone looked it up. Uh, yeah. Di Disney did have something to do with Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And then I m made up my own quote because someone said distribution yeah. is not ownership, and I said, but distribution is ownership. It's 99% <laughs> and nine-tenths of the law. According to Dune, which yeah. they never said in Dune, but I'm just going to make it up now. Okay, so let's see. It's only been a couple seconds, but you'll, um, 
you'll actually be able to feel it's warm when it's cured because there's a it's exothermic. Okay. And then uh, when you touch it, it's no longer oh, liquid. No, it's solid. It's solid. So that's how fast it cures. Very, very effective. So now this is a, a solid chunk of, of hardened yeah. resin. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit warm Okay. Uh, because of that. But um, yeah, this is super cool and really fast. So I remember we put this under a fluorescent bulb uh, when we were curing um, keycaps and it took, you know, like 15 minutes. Yeah. This is like That's 20 instant. seconds. Yeah, yeah it's, it's extremely powerful. Do be careful with these. I mean, they, they look white, uh, but uh, they're definitely uh, fluorescing. You can also see. Maybe you can't really see, but... Yeah, I mean, I can see from fluorescing, fluorescing color. Oh, cool. My my fingernail looks cool. Anyways, uh, so these UV LEDs, uh, they're super nifty and uh, they're picking placeable, so very easy and very small. So uh, good for your product design. Okay. And that is this week's INMPI. All right, Lady Ada, it is time. Yes. Uh, we're going to uh, do new products. Oh, someone's asking, is it uh, reavailable for a question? Yeah, we're going to do questions right, after, questions right very, after new products. So here we go. You ready? Yep. So uh, let's um, let's get let's get started. Yes, let's get started. Okay, first off, we've got like kind of the last of the uh, 60% GH60 keyboard cases. Um, one of the things that drives me nuts is when I'm doing a project and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, I need an enclosure. And you know, designing a board after the enclosure is is a lot easier than designing a board than trying to find an enclosure to fit it. Uh, so I bought a bunch of 60% cases and like translucent plastic and milled aluminum. This is kind of in the middle. It's like, it's plastic, it's injection molded, but it's a much nicer uh, injection molded plastic one. It's got these cool like ribbings in it. It comes with like a spacer kit. Um, it's designed for the kind of the, the geek hack 60% uh, keyboard. Um, it's got all the holes in the slots. Uh, we also have a metal um, plate that can go with it. Uh, I'm going to show it on the overhand. Fast. Maybe I'll, yeah, why not? Get a little bit of space here. So we do have, um, this doesn't have the PCB, of course, but, uh, focus, lock. Um, it, this does have the um, metal plate that you would use between uh, the PCB and the keys to, to uh, strengthen it. So it's made out of aluminum. And then we also have like a little foam padding if you want. Um, and this all, of course, has the holes in the right location. So it's a lovely way to uh, make a custom keyboard you just add the pcb and this is a very very common layout a lot of people who are making keyboards they start with the gh60 because it's a complete keyboard you know it doesn't have all the extras but it has enough for you to to use and, and you can see like return and shift and space and all the alt and commands and and uh number keys at the top as well there you go make your own okay. keyboard with this very nice kind of like a metallic look but it is plastic keyboard shell all right next up we're selling circles we're selling circles. This is, um, you know, you and I love ring lights. Uh, so this is the innards of a ring light. We have actually it in two versions. So this version, it uh, comes with a USB cable with an on-off switch. This is kind of like no thought required, just plug and play. Yeah, it just works. Um, plug into USB and you get a very thin uh, ring light. Grab the light Yeah, so we got this one. And then you can also just have the, uh, the circle. Yeah, so I will, will show it. It's bright. Tri triangles are extra. 
Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, let's go to the uh, front camera, actually. So this is the ring light. Um, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's, you, you give it power over USB. It's got a resistor. It does get a little bit warm. Uh, of course, you can, uh, with the bare one, you can solder it and power it, PWM it. it it's not addressable, right? The whole thing is on. Um, but if you want to make a, um, you know, LED ring light, it's a common thing in, like, costuming or if you're doing, like, photo effects. I don't know. It's, it's thin. It's small. It's simple. Go for it. Uh, less, less do watch it. It does get a little hot. Um, you may want to change out the resistor or, or give it a, uh, you know, 4 volts if you'd like. It does run off of 3.3 volts. It's a little dimmer. But uh, you can do that as well. Okay, and that's, so that's both of them, right? Yes, that's both of them. Okay, so then let's do the star of the show tonight. Besides you, Lady Ada, and our customers, and our community, and our staff here. Yeah. Um, it is? The LED driver board for the LED glasses panel that we released last week. Um, these will be in the shop very, very soon. We're, we're just wrapping them up. But it's kind of like a cross between Itsy Bitsy and a feather. But it doesn't have any GPIO. It's meant to be very slim. And it's designed for the LED glasses, but I'll tell you, it's actually kind of a nice dev board if you just want a Bluetooth programmable dev board that's very slim and very minimal. And it has a couple of things built in. Uh, so if you... Uh, Do you want to... Well, this is it driving the... Uh, the glasses. Hold on. Oh, wait. I turned them off. There's an off switch. Hold on. There you go. Okay. Uh, good. So um, I am... I'm. Uh, modeling. I'm wear Who are you wearing? I am wearing the LED glasses driver. Yeah. Uh, the glasses driver is on the side here. Uh, and again, it's designed to be very slim, so it sits on the side of the glasses. And as a STEM IQT port, so it plugs in, uh, and uh, you know you can then um, plug it into your your LED glasses through a STEM IQT connector. Um, it is just an NR52840 board. We love the NR52840. It's a Bluetooth. Module, it's Arduino compatible, it's CircuitPython compatible, it's very powerful. Um, BLE is supported by like, you know, every mobile phone, many laptops, yeah. desktop computers. Um, so let's go to the top down and I'll, uh, top down and I'll show the details. Okay, so here's what we get, because it, it is a little bit interesting because it's not a standard format. So again, it's as slim as possible. On the right hand side down here, uh, there's the Bluetooth module, so we've got the uh, you know certified NRF52840 module. Uh, right here, there's a little mini NeoPixel, so you can do RGB um, indicating on the side. It's good for like, the bootloader and stuff. There's also uh, a single LED called LED for blinking. Um, on the bottom there, there is a two megabyte QSPY flash, and so that's used by CircuitPython for file storage. You can also use it by Arduino. Above that is an accelerometer, so you can use it for tilt and motion sensing. Above that is a microphone, a PDM digital mic, uh, good for if you want to do like machine learning projects, very minimal ones, audio reactive projects. There's an on-off switch, so it'll turn on-off power to the entire board. Um, there is a battery connector in the center there for uh, LiPo batteries or AAA battery packs. I'm using a, a AAA battery pack. So there's a LiPo charger circuit, but it's not activated by default. That's because you kind of have to pick one or the other. Either you're going to have LiPo charging or you use alkaline batteries uh, or nickel metal hydride batteries, but you can't have both because the LiPo charging circuit should not be active. You know, if you have LiPo charging and you have a non-rechargeable battery, you're pushing current into the battery. It's not a good idea, especially with alkalines. It could, it could damage them. They could leak. Um, and so by default, uh, the LiPo battery is not activated. Um, Sorry, the light bulb charger. So if you go to the bottom of the board, which is the next photo, you'll one. see on the bottom there's a little thing that says optional lipo charge. You short that closed with a bit of solder, and that will 
put power to the LiPo charger. Uh, voila, you can now um, use LiPo batteries and charge it through. But we thought for the glasses purpose and wearables purpose, a lot of people don't like using uh, LiPo batteries. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, then even more to the left, there's a reset button, and then there's a, a right angle button labeled SW. That's a user switch, so you can you know, click or double click to have it select things. USB-C for programming it, uh, debugging it, dragging files, charging up the battery if you want to use it. And then all the way to the left, there is a STEMI QT port. Um, so that's what you would plug into if you want to add external sensors or devices. And then there's four slots that you can use to attach it. Uh, mechanically to whatever you're doing. I mean, it, again, it's designed for the LED glasses, but I think there's a lot of people who are like, I just want a simple, small Bluetooth low energy board. I can program it with Arduino. I can program it with CircuitPython. It's the well-known NRF52840. Yeah, it's got USB-C. battery charging, USB-C, on off, and just a couple sensors, right? Just enough that I can do motion projects or audio projects. And then over the STEM IQT port, which our Feather and ITZY don't have, you can add other sensors if you'd like. So I think this could actually be a good dev board for other wearable projects as well. All right. Yeah. And that's new products. Yay, new, 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 new glasses. Oh, you know, I should have had the glasses stream new, new, new instead of Adafruit. Wasn't thinking. Well, you're going to wear them other times in yeah. addition to it being maybe the new for product next section. week i'll have them say we could, new new we new. could we could do that yeah. okay well we're going to answer questions um you can start loading them up over on discord just put a uh, question in front of your question yes.it slash discord so we do all the questions but let's do uh top secret why those questions yeah are coming put the in. questions in while we'll do that we'll do top secret okay a couple top secrets yeah we have two things yeah okay first up there's the led backpack video so we're gonna play that okay and then I'll then I'll talk about the next one that I'm gonna show sure okay lady what is this hey I am redesigning our classic Adafruit seven segment breakout this is uh, one of our oldest designs and it uses a Holtec HT16K33 on the back here uh, it's got I squared C through these four pins and then it controls a quad seven segment display as you can see it's even got decimal dots and a colon so you can make this into a clock or watch and um, I'm using the same mechanical layout um, uh, for this version, except that now, in addition to breakouts at the top, it's also got uh, chainable STEMI QT connectors. So you'll be able to connect these side by side uh, or to a breakout board like this, like this Metro Mini, without any soldering. So um, hopefully this will just be a kind of a drop-in replacement, but better than ever because it'll be plug-and-play STEMI QT. All right, and then next up for fans of uh, Desk of Lady Ada, we're working on some new graphics for it because oh. we've been doing the show for a while. Want to do the preview? Uh, yeah, I'm going to just show the preview. So this is uh, we're going to go for like a retro theme. Yeah, and uh, there's no music yet because you know we have to do the graphics first. But if you're familiar with the show intro before, this is kind of the next oh, next version. I like this. It's got it's got, definitely got you know I once yeah. played. Um, I think it was a video game called, like you know, The Hobbit or it was Lord of the Rings or something themed, on a, on a green screen like 386, and it that kind of reminded me a little bit of it. Okay, and that is uh, this week's top secret. Cool. All right, let's go over to the questions. So I'll spin this way, and I'll spin, spin that this way. way. Okay, hit me. Yeah. Here we go. And we're doing some server maintenance at 9, so we're going to try to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, that's why. A little bit around 9. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
You ready? Yeah. Uh, question, is there a simple circuit to connect a regular audio output to the condenser mic input on a cell phone? If you want audio to into an electret mic, uh, that's, that's really actually not easy. I mean, you could try to voltage divide the signal down and um, capacitively couple it in. You'd have to get it down to like, I think, microvolts. Um, you're probably better off just like taping a speaker to the microphone, to be honest. It's not easy because it's an, it, you know, an electric mic is an actively biased circuit. Okay. Yeah. Next up, question. I'm very new to all this. Just figured out how to light LED, so my technology is very low, but I'm trying. I have the Adafruit soundboard. Is there a way to play one sound file, then have it move to the next, then repeat that sound file? Yeah, so the, the soundboard is really designed to kind of do the things it does um, simply, right? We Just by changing the name of the file. It's not really designed for, for more complicated programmatic things. Um, the next step would be to move to something like CircuitPython. We have a lot of example code for playing WAV files and, and um, MP3 files. Yeah, with like the prop maker Featherwing, but it's it's definitely like yeah, the you sound, know, there's the soundboard easy, is like just change it's the really basic. change the name of the file, but it's, it's good then if you want to advance to them and then have that next one repeat and repeat and repeat, That's you're gonna have to put some smarts behind yeah, it. Yeah, now you're now you're now you're playing with programming, so it's a little different. Um, but yeah, basically it's it's really meant for you would you would press buttons to have it do that. Okay, uh, any ETA on the keyboard Featherwing becoming available? giant board in my hand is getting sweaty. Uh, I think they're talking about the one from Solder Party. We put them on order. I don't know when they're coming in. I think yeah. given the shortages, it could be a while um, before that board is available. Sorry. it's I know it's tough, but TFTs and chips are both unavailable. A lot of things went uh, discontinued. You might want to contact Solder Party and see if they have any, any ETAs. I don't have any insight. Hopefully soon. And next up, uh, did you find out anything on the composition of the pink bag stuff? So I did find out that it says recycled materials and made in USA. Uh, don't have more information than that, but I'm going to continue to find out. But Probably low-density polyethylene or something or something like that. Uh, there is no MDS sheet uh, yeah, on the side of the giant. Yeah, there's a stack of them. I would just Google for pink anti-static plastic and whatever comes up. It's, it's the same. probably It's that. all the same stuff. Yeah. Um, but we try to buy everything in the USA that we can. Um, not everything is possible, but those bags are. Okay, uh, next up. When are you going to update your monitor to get a, a nice, big, wide curve screen like one of those? I don't think I'm going to. I actually like yeah. the, the Dell uh, monitor I have now. It's quite, it's quite nice. Uh, you know, to be honest, it's, it's, I really only have one desktop at a time. I'm not a multi-desktop person. Uh, favorite, what was your favorite topic in your master's program? Uh, someone starting grad school soon. Um, my favorite topic in grad school, I, don't, I mean, like, I didn't really do grad school the same way because it was an extended program. program. Um, I took, like, some really cool, like, art classes. I thought that was fun. And uh, for electronics, I like feedback systems. I think that was kind of the most important class I took. Okay. Uh, next up. 
Is there a chance Adafruit will have remote jobs? Yeah, we have tons of remote jobs. Check uh, out the jobs, jobs board, too, by Well, the way. you should post up your skills. But one of the things, um, and I think if you go on any of the show and tells and you can look at uh, our team that's there, uh, most, if not all of us, that are remote, um, it's because we were doing stuff in the community. We were publishing code. We were doing tutorials. We were doing videos. Like That's how we all found each other is by uh, essentially publishing. That's why I'm always like, folks, publish. Put uh, how-tos on Instructables. Yeah. Um, do nothing. Nothing beats having a portfolio. Yeah. Believe me. No, no matter what yeah. you do. I'll, I will say that social media is one way to get your brand out, but there's nothing that's permanent. But you have to show it. Well, know? there's nothing that's permanent. It kind of scrolls away really fast, and a lot of these systems are only built for outrage and engagement. Yeah. And so, you know, the the phrase that I heard that I thought about a lot because it was funny, but then it was like, oh, this is true. It's like, we all wanted to rage against the machine, but then the machine learned how to uh, eat rage. Yeah. <laughs> so now the machine it just feeds wants off rage. rage. Now yeah. the machine just feeds off rage. So I would Feed say, rage I would say you, be able to send a permanent URL around to your stuff uh, in some way. But that's how, that's how we, we, have, uh, we find folks. Um, hope that's answers. Uh, next up. Question, in the corner of a lot of Adafruit board schematics, there's multiple circles with an X in them. I notice in a different number of different schematics, what do they represent? Those are fiducials, and we use them for optical recognition. We actually have a guide on fiducials, so go to the learning system and type in fiducial. Yeah. Uh, do we guide. use iPhone, Android, uh, Android or both? Um, both. We use everything. We yeah. use Windows, Mac, Linux. You'll see we have multiple support for multiple operating systems. Yeah. Um, I'm usually test on all of them too. I liked the uh, Sidekick OS. My yeah. Name. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I like Palm Moss. Man, I miss like Palm Five. Where do you get the arms for the LED glasses? We will actually have um, these. Are, these are, for the, to the best of my ability, these are K-pop fashion glasses. So if you have a a store, you know, in your downtown that sells low-cost costuming stuff, you'll you'll find glasses like this. They're they have fake lenses in them. Uh, you pop the yeah. lenses out, um, but we'll also stock them as well. Um, can one work for Adafruit without using social media? Yes. In fact, most people don't put them put themselves through that torture. Um, you don't need to be on social media at all at Adafruit. You don't have to like we encourage like stay off it. You'll be happier. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, let's do a couple more questions and then and, we'll, uh, we have to okay. do the server update. No, I think this is it. Yeah, we on. Uh, no, I think this is, this might be, let me just check the other chat, because yes. sometimes there's more. Of course. I do say Discord only, but like I some know, people I know, but like, we oh. say that, but we didn't even know. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, so we're doing this, we're, we're doing our update on our server soon, so uh, Marty's here in the chat, and he he's uh, a very good open web person. And he's like, permanent URLs on the internet. I know, right? Like, we, I love permanent URLs. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm actually loath to ever break URLs. I, I mean, all of my old lady.net URLs still work. Yeah. I mean, they'll redirect you, but they, they still work. Very. We get very few broken link complaints on Adafruit and Lady Ada. Like, we do a really good job. Usually it's when we link to other people's sites. And then even then I try to archive as them. Um, when possible, it's it's very it's very sad to see. All right, I found a question break. in the other chat. Yeah, that I don't think they could make it over to Discord. Mm -hmm. I have a question. I'm making a drone. I need a GPS module on, and I want to use a passive antenna. I'm wondering, should I use a chip antenna or a patch antenna? Also, any tips on mounting patch antenna? Patch antenna. The bigger the antenna, the better. Get your chunky antennas out. You're going to get the more signal, 
you get, the more signal area, um, yeah. the better you're going to get. Right. I like the Ultimate also, GPS because it has an integrated patch antenna. Brian, who's going to be working yeah. on this uh, server update or whatever, he says the first time he's caught Ask an Engineer in six years. Oh, yeah. Hey, right. How's it going? You're a little older. I'm terrified to look at Ask an Engineer from six years ago. No, we look cute. Yeah, but I don't now, so that's the problem. Um, okay. Um, no, you're still cute. Oh. We're cute in different ways. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like next up, uh, how do I get enough time to play with everything I bought? Well, um, I think... Do a project with a friend so you can motivate each other. I don't think you need to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. So mm. just do wow, deep. anything. Because I have that problem sometimes. Like I have to make sure that I separate the stuff that I want to do, that the whole world's going to see constantly, always, forever, and inspect. <laughs> and then there's stuff that... Um, maybe I just want to do, and I can um, sometimes move a little faster. Like there's some things where if I if I if I do something work related, um, which is almost everything, it has to be documented or there has to be some. There's always more with it, and so I would say if you're trying to figure out how to get time to do the things, find things that you you can just uh, do whatever you want with no expectations, and you have that that play time. And then there's things where it's like okay, like you're gonna have to plan it out, and maybe you're gonna have to take photos. What's your research time? And the other thing. Um, time works different. Uh, you have to carve out time when there's less interruptions. So we try to do that when like emails are coming in super fast throughout the day. That's not a great time to, to say, okay, now I'm going to work on that code. It's not. It's yeah. Not there's possible. like this sliced up time and then there's chunky time and, and just know what you are, what you have ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said, do you remember when your show was just us boxing up product? Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was the show when it was, uh, me doing shipping stuff and then someone wants to know what's the biggest mistakes we ever made in our electronics career i don't know i don't, I don't those questions always feel like they're trying to like get you to, yeah i don't know this is no mistakes there's only happy accidents yeah i would say this particular industry you probably can't look at it as mistakes it's only like new information to do to do better even the next time yeah it's like i think i'm going to change the uh, maybe word like, maybe like getting it's information on. yeah yeah, and if you get enough information, you get experience. <laughs> okay. okay, so I think that is everything this week. Yeah, let's um, let Brian and Marty. That yeah. is it. We're going to let like, them upgrade. Yeah, they're, they're like, come they're on, they're Bell, have, they have their finger on the switch. Yeah, they're like, to upgrade the server. All right, All right so thanks, if you want to put in your order, just do it like right now. I think everything will be fine, but just in case. Yeah. And then um, special thanks to uh, our team, Jesse Mays behind the scenes tonight, of course. Brian and Marty are about to do stuff to our servers. Um, our entire Adafruit team, our staff, all of our customers, all of our community. We'll see everybody next week. We have show and tell next week. We have all of our shows. We have Desk of Lady Ada coming up. Um, please pick up something to support Adafruit if you want to keep seeing these shows and more. And that is our show this week. Bye, everybody. Here is your moment of Zener.